your face. The iPlayer has come to the Apple TV. Star Trek Beyond has got a trailer. Independence Day 2 has got a trailer. And Brent Spiner's along for the ride. All of that and not a lot else, I'm afraid. It's the airwaves. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the airwaves in all its dubious glory. The podcast that barrels its way towards Christmas. And that's about it, because you needed reminding that that, uh, that that little celebration is um, heading towards us at a rate of knots. With me this week, Tony Blunt. How are you doing, sir? Uh, not bad, not bad at all. Excellent, excellent. Anything else to report? Uh, no, um... <laughs> Not really. Yes. Uh, I'm almost broken up for Christmas from work. Really? So, yeah, All right. Which is quite rare given my job. You know. Ah, fair enough. Well, you'll be here. You'll be here for next week, won't you? Absolutely. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. And last but not least, Alex G. Fox. Good morning, Aberwist. With yes, I'm okay. Thank you for not asking because I didn't give you a chance. How are you? T- How are you, Russ? I'm all right. I'm no one ever right. asks you, do they? No, they don't. How are no, you, Russell? Well, actually, I'm, I'm very well, actually. Carl sometimes asks me how I am. Yeah, but that's just because he doesn't want to talk. Well, actually, what he does, what he does is he's going to hate me for this. He, he says, he says, oh, hi, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. So he kind of, hey, give me time to, yeah, no. No, but you're okay, yeah? I'm very well. The, um, I'll tell you what, at about four o'clock this evening, the, the the sky was a brilliant kind of dark pink. It looked incredible. That's amazing. It is. And that's about all I can talk about the weather today before we get into this week's uh, this week's stories. And uh, Tony, you're a you're a fan of uh, fan of, of 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 Batman films in general, aren't you? Yes. Which Batman film is this line from? Who wants your money, your jewelry, cellular telephones? Ah, that would probably be the the uh, Michael Keaton ones. Nope. No. <laughs> well, it's not begins. No. No. <laughs> is it? Is it, it's not any of the Nolan trilogy? Is it? Would it uh, be Returns? No. Uh, no. No. It's... I didn't know the Nolan sisters were in Batman. Oh dear. It's Batman. <laughs> it was an incredible time. It was a great era of yeah, Batman. There films, we go. Yeah. There we go. Batman Forever. Oh, I was getting close. You were getting. You were getting- Val Kilmer, yeah. yeah. I actually, I actually remember seeing that. Wasn't the, the Clooney one? I would, yeah. Well, I remember seeing that for the first time, and thinking that was actually quite fun. Yeah, is that the one with the Riddler? Jim yeah, Carrey Jim Carrey as yeah. the Riddler. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was just, just a little bit. It's a little bit funny and weird. Mm. Speaking of funny and weird, let's get into the Beeb. I think that's is that three episodes on the trot now. I've been able to use one of my BBC. BBC Two title card sounders. Amazing. 
BBC iPlayer goes live on new Apple TV in the UK. This story from MacRumors.com. The, it's no longer a rumour now because it's actually out. The BBC Today launched its BBC iPlayer app for the new Apple TV in the United Kingdom, bringing the popular streaming service from the UK's public broadcaster to Apple's set-top box for the first time. iPlayer had been a notable omission on earlier boxes, but with the new Apple TV supporting a full app store for third-party apps, there's been an increasing demand for the BBC to bring its service to the platform. Alex G. Fox, you own... You, you won one of these boxes... You're, you're raising your arms in in in, in, in triumph, in, in triumph and celebration. I put it on and I watched some things on it. Excellent. It was. It worked. It was okay. I I did. I did wonder if I'd be able to do the download for thirty day thingy on it. But as far as I can tell, I can't. But that doesn't mean you can't. It just means I can't means I haven't found the button or it's really obvious and I'm too stupid to see it. It wouldn't surprise but, me if you couldn't. Actually, can you you can download uh, can you download radio shows to your iPhone and your and Yeah, your you iPhone. can down you can even do I'm pretty sure you, you can, can do TV. Of course you can do really? TV. Oh, you can I do everything. You can do with that. the you can with the Android versions. Yeah, no you can do it on, but for some reason yeah. it would be quite handy actually. And what I would really like, here we go. This is what I would really like. They can stick What you to really their, really want. Yeah, uh-huh, uh huh. What? Whatever. I don't even know how that song goes. <laughs> what I'd like is oh, Alex G. Fox sings the Spice Girls. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Alex. Well, I got is it 128 or 64? 64 is it? I don't know what it is. Gig. It's, it's something of a notable value. I would like to be able to download, but also be able to set an automated download. So, say on the iPlayer, I can say. I mean, I'm not sure you'd need to, but even if it was just like a download to cache the file for me. I like I don't know, say Doctor Who, I'd like to say actually on the iPlayer I'd like you to store all the Doctor Who's that are available within that thirty days or whatever. It's not it this is. season. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, you but only I want just, a maximum of three episodes from this season. You only want bits from some of those. Yeah, but well, you know, just something that um you know, even if it was just um an aggregator that it didn't even have to download it, but it could stack them. So I could say, oh, okay, I'd like you to stack all, just, you know, go through. Uh, there's functionality in there that's not been made use of, you know, TiVo-like functionality. And, um, you know, I just, I think it's about time now. Look, the iPlayer app is still the very best of any of these apps there is. I, I was reading somewhere, or someone else banging on about it, but, you know, I think it was an American something or other, saying, you know, that this basically is how apps should be done. This is how TV streaming should be done, the iPlayer. And I don't care. I've used loads of them, and it's just definitely the mummy and daddy of all of them, and it works better than all the others as well. But I think it's time they moved forward a little bit more now, with a little bit more, you know, build your own... Because you can do it on the web pages now. You can actually more or less build your own... BBC home screen or whatever. Mm. And they've appified like the news and they've appified the sport. So you can say, I'm interested in this, 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 and this. So it's almost like having an RSS feeder yeah. that you build yourself. Yeah, because that's, that's all preference settings on the website as well, yeah. isn't it? When you go in, it gives you the options. Like, oh, for, if you visit, say, for the first time, it goes, yep, yeah, you, you know, would you like to customize this? Yeah. Yeah. I think the iPlayer now should be another customizable part of the system mm. i mean I, I don't see there isn't any reason why it's not part of your bbc login you mean yeah but you know if you've got an absolute if you actually got an app it knows who you are 
you know, because yeah. you could, no, you know, that app is yours. And, um, yeah. you know, it'd be good to say, like, I'm interested in history documentaries and, and I'd just like a list of history documentaries in that column, you know, just something that, you know, is, you know, selectable, pre-programmable or what have you. So. Mm. Well, I'm sure they I'm sure they'll add things to this. Um, I mean, they're, uh, from the next story, we know that the uh, the BBC, the iPlayer platform, at least, is going to get a little bit of an overhaul. But uh, staying with the the Apple TV story, the um, I don't know how the rest of you have been. Um, I was about to say suffering, <laughs> suffering the uh, uh, using the iPlayer app in all of its in all of its different versions. But uh, I've got a version for my Samsung TV, which I never use because it's terrible. Um, and I've also got a version for the Amazon Fire TV, which is slightly less terrible. It's the same application, but you know, compiled for different devices, I would assume. Mm. And the thing is that the Netflix application on the Fire TV is really smooth, and it's a really good interface. Whereas the BBC one, although it doesn't seem to be doing anything more graphically intensive, it's, it's, um, it's kind of juddery. And it and it's only when the video starts getting going that you actually get anything out of it. Is the uh, is the Apple TV version any better? Is it smoother? I, I've not. I, to be honest, I've never had any trouble with the, the uh, BBC one. I mean, it might just be the fact that I've got a, you know a pretty quick connection that's stable. That might be the only difference. I don't seem to have a trouble with the Amazon one. the The only thing I'd say the Apple TV. There must be certain rules for the way apps work and to a certain extent the way apps look. And there is, um, it's, you know, it's like an old-fashioned website where you have to have a banner at the top and you have to have this here and you have to have that there and that has to be where your menu is, etc. And uh, it seems to have a bit of that. And I looked at it and it was just like, oh, it's like, oh that looks a bit like the, um, the NAS piece of software I use and that looks a little bit like the Netflix version because the Netflix version on that looks slightly different to, and it's almost like they've said look we need if we're not going to make the apps and control the apps we need a uniformity of app so it at least looks like a version for iOS or tvOS well Apple always have their um, they always have their interface guidelines don't they they're very strict yeah. on it's like there's a framework that you have to stick with they're, yeah they're very strict on iOS um, stuff and uh, they may they may be even stricter on um, on on the Apple TV. I don't yeah. know. I haven't actually. I haven't even looked at the SDK for the um, for the Apple TV. So I haven't had a look at any of the. Uh, uh, I've got guidelines. it here actually, and I looked at it recently. The only thing is, that there's a tiny bit of formatting error because I was looking at it thinking, oh, that's a bit weird. Well, you know when you, it's like suggests what you could now watch because you've watched such and such, but you've still got the original box of the program you were just watching. Yeah. So it's not full screen, but it's the, the big box. It cut off the actual what, the things you were meant to see. And I thought, oh, maybe I've got just scan, not clicked, or overscan clicked. <laughs> it's going to say, is your overscan not calibrated no. correctly? And I went, oh, no, that is right. And then I sort of slid down my finger on the remote, you know, to go down. And it was all there. It's all there lovely. But it's just like, you know, it's like one line out, and it cut yeah. the bottom off. I went, oh, that's annoying. And I checked the, the screen because all I could do is make it worse. So, no, I went back and I checked it and the box for the app was fitting exactly in the screen as it should do. And it was just like, 
can you release that and get that wrong? That's really stupid. Yeah, you might as well at least get the get, the, get something that looks like an overscan failure. Because of you, know, everyone that looks at it must have gone. No, oh, that's not right. Move that up. Block. You never know. They may have they may have submitted the application, noticed that, submitted a fix to Apple, and that fix will six be months out. Time. Yeah. In a few <laughs> weeks' time, that'll be out. I've uh, got to admit that there is regular updates. I mean, it's a new system, so there will be. But they do seem to update. I wouldn't say daily. But there are various little incremental fixes going on in the background because I just notice it's done something. Fair enough, fair enough. But Tone, is, is this gonna is this gonna make you run out and buy an Apple TV? Uh, not exactly, because uh, oh, okay. I mean, I've already got like Chromecast. I'm more likely to buy the Amazon uh, Fire one. Yeah. To be honest, how do you find? I, I would still say, as having both, in fact, having everything, I would still say if you're not into gaming on the device, don't. Spend the money, buy a fire. Buy a, still fi- s- buy a fire, don't buy oh, yeah, the Apple exactly. TV. No. I'd still say that. No, yeah. the, the only reason I would get a, a, a get an Apple TV is really is really because I could I can airplay stuff to it. But mm. then again, most stuff that I can airplay to it... Can I can airplay to the Fire TV. I so can run on the Fire TV anyway. But this... So. This is why I haven't really upgraded from the Chromecast. Mm, mm. You know, same thing. You're still on like the old it, one? I'm or- um, still on the original. I have two of right. them, yeah, on two different TVs. Right. Mm, mm, mm. So you haven't, you're not going to, you're not uh, drawing up plans to install an Apple TV in every room in the uh, in the flat then? No. No, nah, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Right. Well, Brits get access to BBC iPlayer and SkyGo on holiday as EU changes copyright rules. This story from thetelegraph.co.uk. The BBC is planning to allow licensed fee payers to access the iPlayer from abroad under new Brussels rules <laughs> designed to create a single market for digital services. Doesn't The Brussels rules doesn't quite doesn't sound quite as good as Chatham House rule. Um, providers well, the cider of, house rules. The cider house rules, indeed. Uh, providers of subscription internet content, including Sky, Netflix and Spotify, will also be obliged to allow their viewers to use their services from anywhere in the EU. Uh, the BBC said it would undertake a major technical overhaul of the iPlayer to ensure licence fee payers can log in to watch programmes while non-licence fee play- payers remain excluded, shut out, Locked out, kicked away, and shooed off. I added all those. Uh, currently, it simply blocks access to all non-British internet addresses. So I, I, you know, I think there's more to be gained and lost. Uh, well, the amount of people I know that use VPNs to watch BBC iPlayer. Yeah, I don't think there's a single person in America that watches. Say Doctor Who or any of that that doesn't use a VPN and watch it for nothing on oh, the BBC. And this this seems to be a thing that the uh, content providers or at least the the, the, the rights holders are, are slightly worried about because the thing is if if they if the EU makes it a slightly more level playing field as with, as regards to licensing, then um, they lose their staggered releases. Oh no, we can't we can't charge more for this and create artificial demand on the other side of the thing and do this and then output, sure. put it out there. You've got to remember, in Europe, we're the only ones that speak English, so as much as we love ourselves, <laughs> the rest of Europe aren't really that bothered by watching our TV. No, I suppose not. It's the English-speaking countries that the BBC want mm. to make money from. So if they lock it down to a subscription and a VPN will no longer work, I think the BBC, as much as they're sort of... Oh no, that means we've got to do something. I think they possibly will actually benefit more by being able to exclude people that 
on a not on a geographical basis, which is, you know, I imagine is free. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's Google plugins for VPNs to America for nothing, isn't there? So I'm pretty sure there'll be other ones in reverse. So you're thinking BBC maybe uh, maybe license fee your your license fee invoice will you know the next the next one you get will contain a a set of usernames and passwords for BBC I because services, if, maybe. if you think about it because if you, you know in all honesty that the BBC what they want to sell I don't I think BBC America is a paid service over there. So I imagine it's, it's, they, ad, it's advertising funded. It's funny when I go when I have to use a, a VPN for one of our clients at work. If I've accidentally left the VPN logged in, <laughs> I come to BBC.co.uk. It redirects me to BBC.com, and suddenly I've got native instruments adverts all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah what's happening? The, the actual um, the TV that they show in the states uh, is on cable on BBC America. Yeah, it? so it's on the which is basic. Yeah, it's part of the basic cable, isn't it? Yeah, maybe, but well, they, they, they get some free money. To air. Yeah. But they, they will get some money from even if it's you know, uh, you know, whatever the yeah. system, their public broadcasting system is. So I think the BBC could possibly make more revenue by what is being done now. I mean, I know it's very easy for them to say, look, the easiest thing to us is to say if it's not on a British um, IP address, then we don't we don't allow it, but. I, well, I they already do that. Yeah, but I think what they need to do mm. is is change the system ever so slightly. That you know you have a number or login on your BBC license fee, and um, there's also some you know not every American is going to have access to someone to say, "Oh, can I have your login details for your license fee?" Um, and then again, you, I don't know how that would work because of I suppose you can have more people in one house one going on holiday and one staying at home and still being entitled. But it would limit the amount of people that are watching it without paying for it. That's why I would suggest. And and you'd also have the option of, so, say, someone in America actually sort of, you know, have the option there of a license fee light where you can have this access for, you know, it'd be a portion of what we'd pay as a license fee, but they could, you know, they could integrate that, couldn't they? Well, the BBC really wouldn't be worried about money if they could get, you know, twice the yeah. money coming in by licensing light from the States and Australia yeah. and various places, wouldn't they? Mm. Mm. But, you know, I think that's the future anyway, isn't it? Mm. It's going to be global sales, but on one license. So it'd be, you know, it would be taking, you know, a step towards that sort of system. And sometimes you've got to remember the BBC move because they're forced into moving. Mm. You know, they are an archaic behemoth and, and the, to be honest, the only reason we've got digital and the only reason we've got the iPlayer is because more or less they were made to do it. Yeah. You know, otherwise they'd be happy with five TV, uh, five radio channels yeah. and BBC One and BBC yeah, Two. Probably. That'd be all right. Probably. <laughs> and we'd still be watching yeah. Bruce. But Ford's when they do, yeah, mm. everything would still be in four by three. But when they do, when, standard when they are forced to move. <laughs> Mono. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Tone, carry on. Mm. <laughs> But yeah, when they are forced to move in this, you know, this kind of way, they do it so well, though, don't they? They do. Oh, granted, yeah. but it always takes a little bit of a kick to make them get started. Wow. Oh, Which reminds me of that thing. Um, I think it was Hancock when uh, earlier on when the telly came, and he went to buy one off um, his mate um, James of the Sydney Variety. And uh, he, he went, he goes, oh, i got this really cheap telly in my warehouse. And um, he went there. 
He goes, you have to look through the hole, though, and wind the handle to make the pictures move. And uh, I remember Hancock saying, I pay my license, please. Let them wind the handle at Alexandra Palace. <laughs> and it always made me think, I bet you the BBC, if they could get away with it, yeah. you'd still be having to wind your yeah. own handle to yeah. make the pictures move. Yeah. It was a, I remember there was a, a, an episode of um, Smith and Jones did a, did a, a, a series in the, must've been the late nineties. Cause um, they did, they did, they started off this thing, started off this episode and they do this uh, bit, bit of yeah funny chat at the beginning. And it was on the BBC, and um, uh, you kind of you kind of think, oh, well, that looks weird, because the the picture was very thin. Right. <laughs> and he said, uh, said, oh yes, the BBC has switched to this new high definition something or other format, <laughs> and we've got this, that, the other, five one surround. Everything. Yeah, it was widescreen, but you away, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. This thing was it. Basically, said yes. And the BBC is also invested in, you know. 50,000 miles of black gaffer's tape. <laughs> it's basically they tear off the top of the bottom off the picture. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly the type of thing I'd be expecting. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, yeah, widescreen, in, a vertical widescreen would be quite interesting, wouldn't it? But well, they did, Apple did that, didn't they? One of their monitor designs was actually a, a tall screen. A vertical, it? yeah. Well, the Dell I've got here, you spin it and it changes rotation of the screen. So if you're reading a document. Yeah. My Dell does that as well, yeah. But yeah, really I did good. it once and went, that's good. But I don't think I've ever turned it since. No, no. It's, the problem with these Dell monitors is, that's to get onto a completely different subject, is, is that once they've been at one angle for a long time, if you then turn them up portrait and then you let go, they kind of go, whoop, whoop, and, then, yeah. and they're never straight. <laughs> Yeah, I've started moving it now, and I'm down using two hands to try. And now he's going to finish. Yeah. It's not something. It's not something you can do five times a day. No, probably not a good idea. Well, uh, it's there. It's staying there. And I haven't knocked it off the table this week, so it's all been a good start. But yeah, anyway, I think it's probably a good move to force the BBC into it. Things like Sky Go, though, are more. Yeah, you know, I think that's actually quite interesting because of. If you're paying 50 quid a month or 80 quid a month or 110 quid a month or whatever it is going to be mm. next week, the Sky Go, and you're going away for a month, you probably think, yeah, let me right, I want to watch it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, you know, especially if you're paying for football and things like that and you're on holiday and you think, you know what, I'm going to sit around the pool with my iPad on a Sunday afternoon and watch my favourite team because yeah. I've already paid for it. I think, it's well, damn right, yeah. If anything, Sky have probably got more of an incentive to do it with their customers and so on. Yeah, mm. they got- they like to charge you twice, don't they? Because if yeah. you can watch Sky have Sky Italy, don't they? And Sky have, <laughs> they got Sky yeah. France, but I know of Sky Italy, and they've got various other Skies, so they want to be able to charge you. Actually, if you want to watch it while you're on holiday, you have to pay again. Yeah. And that's what the thing is. Everyone <laughs> bought, bought sling boxes, didn't they? Because they got sick and tired of paying. For, if you had a second home abroad, you just bought a sling box and yeah. just sent it down the wire. Don't see them very much anymore. I don't know why they've got out. They're there. still around, but I, I don't know. I don't know how how popular they are these days. Is it because you can just stream things anyway? Now? I would. I would probably say so. Yeah. 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 VPN, I suppose. Indeed. Indeed. Until they cut it down. Not that I'm saying that's a good idea, no, but if you've already not. paid for it, indeed, and you know you want to watch it, and you go, sod that, yeah, you know. or you break out the old VHS, take some videos with you. Oh, 
Celtic. Can you imagine? Yeah. Do you have <laughs> written permission from the NHL and ABC yeah. to <laughs> just ABC? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Right, let us get into the trailer park. Now, a couple of uh, couple of interesting releases. One yesterday and one today. We'll start off with the one that was released yesterday. I know they're the other way around on uh, on the document, but let's Ooh. let's start with the one that doesn't look like an absolute disaster. Independence Day Resurgence is killing off Will Smith's character. Is that a spoiler yes. alert? <laughs> Not really. It's on their um, their new the little website, their new little marketing gimmick. So. Oh yes, I saw that, but I, I saw it at the end of the at the end of the trailer, but I didn't actually yeah. go to it. Uh, if you watched the debut trailer for Independence Day Resurgence that dropped earlier today, you probably noticed an interesting lack of Will Smith, Steve, Stephen Hiller. In reality, this is because the actor wound up being too expensive for the production. I'm sure he did. But given that the character's son is one of the main heroes of the movie, may have wondered exactly what happened to the hero. Um, uh, well, now a viral site for the film has revealed his fate. He died in a giant explosion. It's an ego explosion. Basically, was it? <laughs> in addition to they launching, should have brought the Roadrunner in. He's indestructible. Yeah, yeah. In addition to launching the first full-length trailer for Independence Day Two, Electric Boogaloo, Twentieth Century Fox has also unveiled the creation of War of Nineteen Ninety Six. Dot com. It was nineteen ninety six. It's almost yeah. twenty years ago. 20 years ago today. Oh, dear. Yeah. yeah. You taught the band to, to play. A, a website I watched that with a load of Americans. Oh, dear. Oh. Independence Day. Oh, dear. Yeah. A website that is dedicated to the history of the alien invasion that happened 20 years ago, a.k.a. AKA the year that Roland Emmerich's Independence Day was released. Knowing how science fiction works, it's entirely possible that this is part of some kind of massive secret mission and that Hiller is actually in hiding for some reason, you know, just in case they can bring him back for the theoretical future sequel. For now, though, fans shouldn't expect Will Smith uh, to have some kind of magical cameo in Independence Day Resurgence. Turns out he wasn't blown up. He was kidnapped by the alien. Indeed. No, the other, the other mm. ones. He was kidnapped by the other mm. ones. Oh dear. So instead of uh, Colonel Stephen Hiller, the Hiller clan will be represented by two individuals mentioned in the blurb, with Jasmine once again played by v- Vivica A. Fox and the grown-up Dylan played by Jesse Usher. They are part of a large ensemble that also includes returning stars who had nothing better to do. Other than doing Here was Jeff. the part that got me. They still oh. they got Jeff Goldblum back. Yeah, right. Jeff they got Goldblum Bill Pullman back. Jeff Jeff Goldblum. He's doing Bill Christmas efforts. Yeah, someone like so Jeff Spencer. He is. Yeah, yeah. So and Jeff, I, I thought Brent Spiner didn't. didn't hang on. Well, off. let's 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 just let's just roll it back. So returning stars: Jeff Goldblum. Okay, Bill Pullman. All right, Judd Hirsch. Uh, Brent Spiner. No, even I thought he was dead. I thought he was dead. But Brent Spiner, I mean, they... Are we thinking Star Trek Nemesis or... You know, no, 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 because, no, because Data is survived I'm by sure B4 because they transferred the all his memories back. Perhaps they did the same he got, thing. He got, he got zapped by the alien that they had in the cage. Well, he was holding... Exactly. He was getting held against the glass, wasn't he? So we don't know if he was dead. Oh, come on. There weren't a lot left of him. This is sort of flashback. It, it might be, be a flashback. flashback. Yeah. I suppose it could be. Well, actually, I mean, they put. If you think, if you think about the top of the the top of the poster, all right? 
Jeff Goldblum, Bill Pullman, Judd Hirsch, and Brent Spiner. You know, not since Star Trek Nemesis have you seen Brent Spiner on the front of a poster. Um, as long as he doesn't come out of the shower and it was all a dream, I'm all right with it. <laughs> yeah, Brent Spiner just after just after he finished Star Trek. Yeah. So in addition to newcomers, Victoria Principal waiting for him under the bedclothes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Mind you, I'm changing my mind, actually. I might like that ending. In addition to Liam Hemsworth, Joey King, <laughs> Micah Monroe, William Fickner, uh, Charlotte Gainsborough, I know who she is. Is there um, anyone that isn't in it? A- Angela Baby. What? That's one word. Uh, yeah. Must, must be must be a slogan. And Celia Ward. She was in-house. Uh, based on a script by Carter Blanchard, the film will be arriving in theatres as part of next summer's massive line of blockbusters. Actually, and will be like ready... That. For your viewing pleasure on June the 24th, 2016. Viewing pleasure always sounds like something for the weekend, sir. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah. I, uh, I'm actually quite it, looking this, forward to this because I want it to trailer. be ridiculous. I want it to be ridiculous and I think it will be. So I'm looking forward From to From the trailer, it's certainly... Clone, what, what, what does this... Does this fill you with dread or does it fill no, you no, with I, exactly I the same... I enjoyed the trailer. Um... As the article points out, the uh, absence of Will Smith was very noticeable. And welcome. <laughs> and, the, and the fact that <laughs> nearly no, near enough everybody else from the first one you know, was there. It's like, yeah, you've got the, um, Bill Pong. He's, he's an older man. He's probably not president anymore, let's face it. But they're, all, they're all sporting grey hair and beards. Yes, yeah. Aren't we all? Yeah, I, I was still surprised Goldblum <laughs> wasn't really in Jurassic World. To be fair, I mean, there's a reference to his character, but I don't think mm. he was. Mm. The thing just... is, when Will Smith first did this, I still thought, "What is the Fresh Prince of Bel Air <laughs> doing flying a alien spacecraft?" <laughs> it was so close to that character, and mm. I kept thinking he's going to break out into summertime any minute, right? Yeah. Or Carlton's going to come on dancing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tom Jones. <laughs> But I don't know. I, I don't think the first. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he's a fine actor. I think he's quite a nice guy. Mm. I think you know he, he's good at what he does. But this Independence Day, at the time, they needed names to push it. Independence Day was actually a damn good movie. Right? I enjoyed it. Depending on who you nothing, talk to, it was just fun. But it no. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm. Look, I was thinking earlier because there's another trailer and we got Star Wars coming up and, you know, I'm getting into sci-fi a little bit. And I was thinking earlier, am I allowed to be in, into sci-fi and enjoy it? Because I'm not obsessive. And it's like, am I allowed to enjoy this if I'm not going to obsess about it as a, you know, a genre and be like any mistake really matters? And I, I don't. I'm just enjoying it for what it is, you know. It's like I enjoy sleuthdom. It doesn't have to be brilliant it just has to be interesting and independence day was actually it was quite fun in a very strange way it was it had a slight Mm. comedy value i quite like that about it this one i've seen the trailer they're even camping up the comedy a little bit more the the silliness of it the one-liners and i'm like you know what there's (laughs) nothing wrong with that There, there was lots of quite good cgi i thought well that's quite impressive i like the look of that yeah, because there was a and, um, line where it's the two of them on the moon, wasn't it? It's like, yeah. oh, this is even bit. I'm sure this looks even bigger this time. Yeah, yeah. and I just one, thought, last one, yeah. you know what? I've got, I got. Why not? I just, I've just become 
fixated with the idea of a sequel, as in, oh, no, please don't. They if they'd have caught if they'd have done it on, um, I don't know, Thanksgiving, I'd have been a little bit happier, and they could say Thanksgiving yeah. Day, and it oh, could oh, be. <laughs> You mean, you mean you wanted to avoid a Die Hard 2 moment? It's like, yeah, yeah, it's it's like just, how can the same happen to the same guy twice? Yeah, exactly. Sort of and yeah. it's like, all right, fair enough. It's not, I know it is a sequel, but it's as soon as I see the 2, 3, or Rocky 74, I'm like, oh, dear, go away. Yeah. But, I, you know, I, I quite like the trailer. I was thinking, yeah. I'm going to enjoy this, and I'm, looks, I'm actually determined to enjoy it, even if it's rubbish. It, it, it actually looks really good. It'd be a great fun. popcorn thing, though. Yeah, popcorn, yeah. popcorn action flick. That's but that's all the original was meant to be. Really, it will be yeah. what the original was, which is not taking itself particularly seriously, being yeah. very entertaining, and probably have a very happy ending, mm. unless they're looking and to create of- a trilogy out of it. In which case, this will be the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I was, I, I can't. I'm not sure how they're going to do that. You know, having everyone in the world getting together and forgetting about their differences because we had one enemy that we all had to get together. I, I couldn't see that in politics now, though. <laughs> Screw it. Let the aliens win. I'd rather die than be part of you lot. Yeah. Well, so, there you uh, go. That could be interesting. I just I just realised who Charlotte Gainsbury is. She's, she's been in a hell of a lot of stuff. Well done. Um, I did, yeah. Uh, she was, yeah. She, it's being a, informative that she, makes this program so yeah. she well. Was in me, she, she was in Melancholia house. and she's yeah. been in lots of other stuff as well. I just recognise the name, that's all. Um, so yeah, next next year, um, very close to my birthday, so yeah, I might go and see this. Oh, well, it's a special treat? Uh, no, just as a chore. It'll be allowed, ha- <laughs> it'll be allowed out again to, yeah. to go and see yeah. it. I'm especially, I'm especially looking forward to seeing Brent Spider in something. For the first time since, it's probably about seven hundred Enterprise. Yeah, hmm? when he was his, his forebear of his own character. Yeah, that was actually one of the best best two parters of um, of Enterprise. I think he could probably play his own grandfather now. Yeah, he's sixty six. He he pretty yeah, much but he looks he in looks, Enterprise. He looks about eighty six. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's yeah. the thing. Even in the first Independence Day, he was there as a sort of kooky scientist, wasn't he? He looked. He was he there looked, as the bloke out not, of the Fast Show. Yeah, he could not look much different to um, to Data. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, he, he did recognise him, but it's like you didn't know why. Yeah, <laughs> and then it clicked. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah but he, he's he's he's. Do- I just looked at him on um, on IMDb again. He's Doctor Oaken again. So so misunderstood. He's a, no. He's in it. He's in it again. Oh dear. Right. Well, from something that looks reasonably promising to sublime. Yeah, from the sublime to the <laughs> to the, the 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 downright just stop. Star Trek <laughs> Beyond trailer leaks online. So this was the German version, and then Paramount obviously. Originally. Yeah, originally the German version, and obviously Paramount Pictures thought oh darn we were going to release this with star wars but let's just put it out now so they released the english version of this story from polygon.com the trailer starts off with the beastie boys classic sabotage <laughs> a throwaway to the first film a throwback to the first film rather um uh, he- i like how they use the term throwback it's like you know like because it was that long ago it was all yeah the heady yeah. time of 2009 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, how the beastie boys were about my age 
the hell yeah. the heck did that happen? I'll tell you, that's, that's one thing that's always, that's always annoyed me about that first that first Star Trek reboot film because for some reason there was a Nokia phone in that um, in that yeah. car. How very and, dare they. And, and, how, and, and how are Nokia doing these days? Mm. Mm. Aren't, aren't they a subsidiary of Microsoft? They are. Well, yeah. Which is being closed down. Indeed. So, a throwback to the first film when a young James Tiberius Kirk was riding through the desert uh, trying to escape various law enforcement personnel. It then pans to each crew member on the USS Enterprises as they fly through a series of asteroids returning, uh, surrounding their ship. Considering it's in German, it's unclear exactly what they're saying. But not the for the Germans, it's not. Not for the Germans, no. It's, uh, the visuals are strong enough for the trailer to still be pretty understandable. So, do you know what? When I watched this and you're saying it's German, I was thinking, my God, my German's a lot better than I thought it was. And then I realised that you then said they'd released it it's in English. The universal it's the universal <laughs> I thought it was a Babel fish. I said, you know what? If that was in German, I understood more than I thought. <laughs> Apart from the bit Simon Pegg said in his dodgy Scottish accent, because I didn't yeah. understand any of those. Oh, dear. Yeah. It, it just... And when he was it hanging on that like cliff, Star I went, Wars. It go looked on, more like go yeah. on, fall, go on, go on, it fall off. More Star Wars than Star Wars looks now, and it looked ridiculous. And and this is the one Abrams isn't involved with, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and in fact, they've 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 chosen to cut. I mean, whether whether the ship gets destroyed this time round or not, I don't know. I quite frankly, I don't particularly care either. Um, mm. But it, but they've pulled the whole really Enterprise careering towards a planet thing again. <laughs> in another trailer. Well, the last—I mean, the last film—it did borrow from rather heavily from two of the other films, and this is borrowing from one of those films again, isn't it? Yeah, it seems to be. This search for Spock. Yeah, yeah. only the search for Spock did it so much better. Mm. <laughs> and that was yeah, a, that was a real Klingons model. In this one, the look of it. Sorry. Yeah. There won't be any Klingons in this one either. The look of it. No, I don't know Not what even they are. on the starboard bow. No. Scrape them off, Jim. For shame. Yeah. <laughs> But it's life, Jim. But not as we know it. Alex, what do you reckon? I reckon it was quite funny because it was so bad. But I won't be watching it. And when it comes on telly, unless I'm too drunk to reach for the control, I might watch it. Now, you lot might watch it and go, you know what? It was really great. And I'll go, oh, all right then. And then I'll watch the first 10 minutes, pretend I've seen it, and agree with you. Oh, even I wouldn't say any of these are great. You know, much as I do like the, you know, the the JJ Abrams Star Trek, yeah, I wouldn't say they were great or a patch on the originals or. Oh, like I say, I'm getting into sci-fi, so I deserve to watch the odd bad one. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah, I mean, so far you lot <laughs> yeah, have done all the hard from work. From the 70s, 80s. <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm saying you lot have done all the hard work and then said, "Watch this." No, don't touch that one. Watch this. Yeah. So, as far as I'm concerned, sci-fi, everyone is a hit. But it's only because of everyone else has done the hard work first. Yeah, you've we, you you know you've separated the wheat from the chaff. Pretty much, pretty much. But this this just doesn't. I want to see what they what they do with this new series that's that's coming up, because apparently that will not follow the same storyline as the as the JJ Abrams um, mishmash. So this is Star Trek, blah 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 blah. Whatever so I'll go back to the prime. Yeah, this is Star Trek irrelevant. Star is this Trek prime quick, corrective? Make sure everyone's had their three film deal and just get this one knocked out the door. I think really before we Especially get the new Peg. series started. Especially what? Sorry. 
Especially Simon Pegg. Pegg. Yeah. That, that was one thing. Um, but isn't he doing something? Isn't he writing the thing he brings Yeah, he's writing it. Suddenly, he wrote Scotty's, it. suddenly Scotty's doing rather a lot in this trailer. Yeah. Yeah, Funny I was that. wondering when he starts breakdancing and spinning on his head. It looked like... Is that music? Is that... Yeah. yeah. There was that quite a funny bit, though. There was that bit in the trailer when, I take it, there was Captain Kirk going, at least I'm not going to die alone. And then someone beamed up Spock and he went... Oh, yeah, that was yeah. both. <laughs> that was both, yeah. Was it both? And yeah, I just, but, that, but he's always... Actually, he was funny. always a comedy <laughs> yeah. character in the other two. He, Carl Urban plays him so well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Probably the best. It's, uh, We'll see. We'll see. I think it's going to be a complete nutter car. Although I, I did notice the, the release date. It's awfully close to a little film called Ghostbusters. Oh, dear. So, uh, Is that the old thing? I'm not keen on that clash. <laughs> <laughs> I accidentally got on a website the other day and I thought I'd seen an old female's Ghostbusters version there, but I don't think it's the one that you're talking about, is Probably it? Probably not. from the same no. industry. <laughs> no, no. But, you know, they're both films, aren't they? Yeah. I'm just trying to remember when the Warcraft film is out. Uh, oh, that was the one with oh, the June the third. June the third. With Independence Day. We'll have we'll have we'll, we'll have the Warcraft film, Independence Day, and then Star Trek. <laughs> that could be a really bad oh, week. Dear. That could. Oh, this could, yeah. That could completely ruin your birthday. I have a fit. Yeah, I have a feeling that Warcraft film is actually going to be pretty good, but we'll see. We'll see. Mm. Anyway, let's get into the movies. Ha! <laughs> Yet another J.J. Abrams. He is the movies. The movies. Let's uh, let's start with this. Uh, well, the, the the only story in the movie section from Eon. Yeah, let's start with the only story in the movie section. Eonline.com. <laughs> Star Wars: The Force Awakens must earn 1.5 billion dollars to be considered a success, and the burden terrifies J.J. Abrams. <laughs> <sighs> Got the smallest violin in the world oh, wow. here. Star Wars The Force Awakens zooms into theatres on Friday. I'm sure M- Mr. Madden is, is shaking with excitement. Uh, and the film is expected to be a smash hit. More than $50 million in advanced ticket sales were recorded a month before its opening. And experts have said its tracking suggests it could even turn a $2.7 billion profit. Still... Star Wars The Force Awakens must earn $1.5 billion to be considered a success on Wall Street. Uh, though, its busiest film of, though it's the busiest film of the year, reaching that number is not a guarantee. Oh, J.J. is terrified, Steven Spielberg told Bill Whittaker on 60 Minutes <laughs> on Sunday. There's a lot of pressure on J.J. to start paying Disney back for, you know, the franchise they bought from George Lucas. <sighs> well, how well, much is that already make made in the pre-sales? One at a time, yeah. Tone. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Right. You both you both came through in unison, but you said completely different things. Sorry. I, I, I was saying, <laughs> Yeah, I was uh, sorry, I went a bit silent there. Um how how much has it already made in the pre sales? Because it's you know, it's already broken records for that, hasn't it? Fifty million dollars in advanced ticket sales. A yeah, month exactly. before it's opened. So yeah. so you're a good portion of the way there already. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Pretty much. Well, I... and those cinemas are going to be packed for weeks. Yeah. Whether I consider it to be a success or not will be will be judged on actually how good it is, not how much money it's made. Oh, I just thought it'd be on how many times Carl watches it. Well, yeah. that 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 does contribute to it. Cause... I I have an image of him being being like comic book guy. Worst prequel ever. I will I will only see it three more times mm. today. <laughs> <laughs> well. 
I'm sure. Well, I'm sure it's going to be a terrific. Look, I'm looking forward to it. I've got to admit. I mean, if unless it's an absolute travesty, I'm going to enjoy it because of what it is. Just because of I, tell I you managed what, to avoid the other three. Yeah. Uh, it's like I mean, the trailers. Are, you know, I have been impressed by the trailers because I've managed to see them on the big screen and avoided mm. them on you know, YouTube in crappy quality and all that. Um, it's actually maybe consider you know rewatching the originals. Even doing what Tom Merritt's done, you know, rewatch the prequels as well. Oh dear. <laughs> it's, it's made me actually consider that, and, that, and that's as more of a tricky lifelong, really. Just, just go onto Wikipedia and read the synopsis. You don't you need to watch it. Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, the, you know, go, it's made me, you know, it's like, yeah, I'll probably go back and watch the original three, and, you know, almost with fresh eyes, because it has been that long since I've properly watched them. Yeah. Can I tell you the only fact that actually matters about Star Wars? Oh, please. Now, this is actually really important. The new lead character, Daisy Ridley. Mm. Do you know who she is? Is she a relation to... Um, um, she is Arnold Ridley's... I was... Yeah. That, that's Great, <laughs> great niece, right? So, <laughs> in respect of what's important in the world... Her great uncle was Private Charles Godfrey, mm. right? So I wish this film and her every success, every happiness and every joy that the world could possibly give her because her genetically she must be superior, not only in the acting but in the charm and just the luck of the draw lottery. And when I read this, I was thinking, you know what, whatever happens to this film... I wish her well because of her great uncle was one of the most charming actors that ever graced our screens. And uh, I don't know, it really, I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. But now I almost feel, and this is really daft, I almost feel on a personal level, I care now mm. because of, you know, I just, I just absolutely like, right, nothing else about this film matters because her great uncle was Arnold Ridley. But uh, taking it from another position, no one likes nepotism, do they? It's Arnold Ridley. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like he was ever near the original. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> from Arnold Ridley. army to Star Wars, it's... it's yeah, it's yeah I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? I mean, did they know all that time ago that they were given the chance to Arnold Ridley, so he got famous, and I don't know if she's ever lived off the the glory that must come from being a relative of his. But if that's what it is, and she's a mind-blowingly brilliant actress and she helped create a masterpiece of a film, it all goes back to Arnold Ridley and Dad's Army. So that's it. I, I rest my case, my lord. Well, guilty. She's quite a nice looking girl, actually. <laughs> Sorry? I, I feel like it's we need a nice the looking girl. She's, got, she's got a really silly name, Daisy Jazz Isabel Ridley. Mm. And I notice her, her siblings' names are even more silly. But um, Are they all named after music genres? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <I> <laughs> Rebecca Hip Hop Ridley. Yeah. <laughs> I feel a bit sorry for the techno beat. Yeah. Oh, dear. And that was her grandmother. Oh, yeah. Um, no, it's, it's a slightly middle-class English um, existence. But, you know... Arnold Ridley was her great uncle, so she can do no wrong. And I don't care what the film's like now. If you say so. Well, I tell you what, I, I didn't think. Well, actually, it's almost, I, I, sorry, that's the second most important film of the year because the other really important film of the year has got someone pretending to be her great uncle in it. Uh, well, the the, <laughs> uh, the 
the um it's it's funny isn't it when you think that the next star wars we've been waiting for this for nearly what was it a, a couple of years now is it oh, it's got to be more on that we've been talking about it on this show for at least a couple of years and it's yeah, finally but, here. Mr. Madden will finally get to buy his overpriced popcorn and march his way into that cinema. Well, as I was saying to you last week, it's not just about the film, is it? It's about our childhoods. It's about our rite of passage into sci-fi. You know, I mean, it never did the same thing to me. I, but then again, I... At the time, I, I, I started watching things like Quatermass. I went the more, if you like, the British sci-fi. I went, um, you know, for Triffids and various things like that. But, you know, I, I suppose that it was too big and too grandiose for me. I, I, the, the, you know, the massive scene, the, the stars and the, the spaceships, and it didn't really work. I mean, that's why I was more of a Blake 7 than a Star Trek. Yeah. You know, I, I like the intimacy of of the idea, but you know, I, I've got to admit there's a little part of me that's got a tiny little tingle in my stomach thinking, you know what? I can imagine sitting down at the opening credits and I will go to the cinema to see it. And I, I can feel that I know there's going to be a nostalgic pit of the stomach giddiness when, when the, and, and they will do the opening credits in the same way. If they don't, that would be it. I'll burn <laughs> down the screen. You know, but <laughs> you've Wouldn't got to do it. Funny? But I, I've got to, <laughs> You know, there is a, a tiny little bit of um, almost butterflies. It's just really odd. But this is what this film's about. I mean, again, I, like I spoke last week, I do feel a bit like, oh, you know, all these other people that are going to hijack it because it's like it's going to be whatever, the new Harry Potter, the new this, the new that, and they're all going to jump on the bang wagon whether they have an affiliation with it or not. But there's just a, there's something I can't help. And I think it's the same thing. Carl obviously loved it anyway, but there's a bit that you can't help just having that slightly eight-year-old I was or whatever, I'm mean, Carl's the same age, giddiness about the idea of being able to go back and, and you know, afterwards you can drink beer this time and not just feel sick because you had too much. I suppose at the time it was that red drink that you got in the, in the, with a straw and you used to push it through. And it was like a cherry. That was like a cherry aid. All right. Well, <laughs> and that's all you really got in the cinema, cherry aid and ice cream. Well, and I think they still sold cigarettes then. This time next week, when we're doing our pre-Christmas, what will be we will how will we be speaking English in 2016? What will we be watching? Um, well, what have we been watching? But then, Carl, if he if he decides to come on, we'll be able to include Star Wars. The Force wakes up, or whatever it's called, um, and then we'll be... You know. The false feedback joystick version. Indeed, indeed. Right, let's move on to the last story. 15 of the best TV shows for Christmas 2015. This story from radiotimes.com. If you're not sure what to watch this Christmas, never fear! Because award-winning Radio Times columnist Alison Graham has been pouring through the schedules to help you find the tastiest morsels and avoid the complete turkeys this festive season. So whether you're looking for Poldark in a murder mystery, a Time Lord marital spat, or a silent two-hour sleigh ride, check out her top picks below. (laughs) It's the perfect TV gift for anyone in there somewhere. So when I say below, I actually mean... (laughs) 
In the in the uh, wasn't quite as horrendous as last week's. Yes, click here to read her what she said on the yeah. So fifteen of the best TV shows for Christmas two thousand fifteen. So there's some there's some obvious ones here. Um, I to, let's just let's just start by taking a look at this image at the top. Now you've got the Doctor, you've got a character from um, what do you call it? Downton. Downton, and She's then a you've lovely got girl, actually. yeah. Then you've got Captain Hook, and then you've got Captain Hook, and they forced. The lady from Downton and Captain Hook together is sort of a half and half face styly, and it looks rather, rather horrible. <laughs> disturbing. It is, is disturbing. Is yeah. a word I'd use. Yeah. 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 So, what, what 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 can we see in this list that's, well, that we're looking the, the, forward to? The Dickensian Boxing Day. Now, I don't know if this is part of it, but um, yes, it is the part of it, isn't it? This uh, well, he says about this mammoth twenty-part behemoth. And this is the thing we talked about maybe a year ago when they were going to do the, it was like, I think it was like a life and times of Charles Dickens and they were going to do this enormous production. Yes. Do you remember we talked about it? Now, I think this is the start of Mm. it. And I have really, really been looking forward to this because there's quite, you know, people know Dickens' work. The only thing more interesting than Dickens' work was Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens is the most fascinating of men, right? And this is, if it's the one I'm pretty sure it is, it's about Dickens, but also incorporates a lot of the stories because, you know, a lot of what people don't uh, recognise. Dickens was one of the first, um, you know, authors that he used to travel the world reading his books to people. He, you know, he used to go to America all the time and there would be nights where, you know, you'd go to a theatre and Charles Dickens would stand on the stage and read his stories to you. And I think this, I'm really, really, really looking forward to this. If this is half as good as I think it is or hope, hope it to be, I think this is a box DVD set and um, it's another one of these things the BBC will... Uh, sell and make a damn fortune of. So I'm really looking forward to the start of this. What about uh, Peter and Wendy? Is this just another just another Peter Pan? Do you believe a new version of Peter Pan starring Paloma Faith can win a whole new audience mm. for J.M. Barry's story of the boys? Well, I like Paloma up? Faith. Mm. I don't know mm. if she can act. Mind you, I think she started off as an actress, didn't she? <clears throat> I've no idea. But, uh, yeah. So Stanley Tushy, Tucky, Tucci as Captain Hook. He looks, he looks a bit like that girl from Downton Abbey. Too. Uh, yeah. Well, half of him does. Half of him does, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I've never really been into the sort of the Captain Cook. I mean, um, the J.M. Barry. Yeah, I think the Robin cold. Williams take was, uh, was a rather good one, and it should Definitive, have Definitive, I think is the mm. word, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think there's something about that whole genre. It's the, sort of the punch and Judy violent genre. It's, it's of its time, and I've never been that comfortable with it. Mm. It's this idea of scaring children is a nice idea, and it probably okay when you're a child, but when you're adult, I think it does you psychological harm. So I'm steering clear of that. So um, I noticed in the list as well, we've got the Where Doomed. The I think we talked about it last last week. Yeah, let's it? skip over yeah. skip over Dickensian. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, and uh, the, we're doomed. The Dad's Army story on the twenty second yeah. of December. So make sure you don't miss it because, in fact, it's three days before. I will still be on the Isle of Wight at this point. Mm. So I will need to catch it then. Um, the big screen version 
um, of beloved sitcom Dad's Army is just around the corner. In the meantime, there's a dramatised account of struggles of writers, Jimmy Perry and David Croft and uh, everyone else. This, I see, yeah, because I rewatched the trailer for this the other day and I was thinking, oh, this, this, looks, this looks quite good, really. Mm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I've got to admit, I'm looking forward to this more and I'm looking forward to the film. But look, I, I think part of the thing is I'm going to dismiss the film so much that when I watch it, it will never be as bad as I think it's going to be. Because mm. I'm determined that I'm not going to be depressed about it. So, so setting the bar low, pessimistic, yeah. disappointed, and all that. Yeah, yeah. only when it comes to, to important stuff. So now mm. we got um, Tone's favourite, Alex oh. Kingston. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> I'm sure. What well, I'm sure he loves the actress. That's the thing. The actress, yes, it's the character river. That yeah. So the Doctor Who Christmas special on Christmas Day, BBC One. Well, I've already written it off because it's a Doctor Who on Christmas Day on BBC One. I surprisingly, I have slightly mm. more faith is the wrong word, but I have. <laughs> you got I'm, slightly less trepidation. I am slightly less disgusted by the um, by, by mm. the uh, by the spiral turd on a pancake that I will have to sit through on uh, on Christmas mm. Day. I think this will be slightly less rubbish than the others. <laughs> If it can be anything like those last few episodes of the the regular series, mate, it's Christmas. Give up. Yeah. If it no, can, I've, already, I've, I've already seen Greg as long Davis as it doesn't have Greg Davis's again on a plate, and I was like, right, forget it. Yeah, as long as it doesn't have sharks again, no, that will be fine with me. It's yeah. a done deal. Yeah. Well, right, from, Sherlock. from Tone's favorite thing to to Alex's favorite, uh, <laughs> favorite it could thing. be. It could be good, but. It gives uh, them. I think it gives them a. It gives them a chance to. Although the uh, the the, tra- the trailer kind of makes makes me kind of think that yes, this isn't going to work at all. But the, uh, the it gives them the chance to take these two actors who obviously have a lot of fun doing it and kind of put them into the the um you know sit them in the Jer- in the Jeremy Brett kind of style yeah. thing. But at the same time, I, I there are a couple of. In the trailer, there are a couple of bad jokes, and some of it looks a little bit too clean. And uh, and Benedict looks Cumber- like how is that any worse? Yeah, and Benedict how is Cumber- that any worse than those films? Yeah, the- those films are spectacular, works of art. Tone, they're the best thing that ever happened to Sherlock Holmes. I better mute my mic. <laughs> Indeed, <now. laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> so, well, no, they're good. Well, I enjoy well them. that's interesting sign language. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's, um, yeah, both of them. Unfortunately, Benedict Cumberbatch just—he doesn't seem to have. I would have expected him to modify his performance somewhat. Maybe he's under orders not to do that. I don't know, but I would have expected something. Oh, look, slightly it's, different. it's turned into a vehicle, hasn't it? It's turned into the Benedict Cumberbatch and um, what's his name, Mister Martin Freeman. Freeman. Now, both of them great actors. Both of them had done things before. Both but of it, them are now Hollywood stars. That's the thing. Stars? It's now stars. it's now rocketed them to a level. I mean, like Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, did I know who he was before this? I don't think I'd so. I'd seen him in a couple of things. I knew his face. You know, and now the trouble is everything I watch with Benedict Cumberbatch is him playing the same character. And that's possibly because he's got a very distinctive, distinctive face and a distinctive voice. He's got right? certainly a distinctive diction about him, yes. Um, it's not his fault in any way. I mean, he's a fine actor. I really think he is. But it's just, look, one of the reasons I really liked Jeremy Brett and sort of Basil Rathbone to that point is 
once they became Sherlock Holmes, that's what they were. You know, they didn't become anything else or whatever. And everything I see is, um, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch playing Sherlock Holmes in a World War One drama with a horse or with, um, you know, World War Two drama with Colossus or, you know, and it's always, and it's not his fault. It's just that's how it's come across because of this was the character, if you like, that created him. And in a funny way, Martin Freeman, he's always played this character in everything he's done. This is... Uh, this is Dr. John Watson from Love Actually. He, it's the same <laughs> character. He's, you know, and that, because they're not necessarily acting so far away from their own mannerism or their own voice or their own look. You know, you can have, say, someone like John Hurt in a film and you can watch him in four different films and almost forget that it's the same person. Well, that's, that's the mark of a great actor, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, these guys, they're, they're, I'm sure they've been asked just to play these characters. I don't think they've been given any choice. I'm sure they would be able to be different, play it different or what have you. But it, it's, I don't know. It's almost like the Instagram generation. And I always go on about the Instagramming of life. And this is the sort of thing I mean. These, especially, you know, Camerbatch, I'm sure he can play. You know, it's very classical in the way he acts. And I'm sure he can play this in a very different way because it's Victorian as opposed to the, the modern, the way of doing it. But people are going, no, 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 no. The people whose attention span is between one text and another and that's all you've got or one WhatsApp buzz and another WhatsApp buzz, buzz they're only going to accept the thing that they understand and they don't have to actually concentrate on. And that's a, that's a damn shame because I think these guys have got more to them and this but you know again I think it's suffering from the same Doctor Who symptom I think it's people are writing for the masses rather than what they want I, I, something occurred to me the other day um, it was to do with Doctor Who and then I was thinking about the guy that writes um, the Game of Thrones right now Doctor Who seems to be we'll write what we want or oh, people don't like that let's adjust it and write what people want right and then you've got a Game of Thrones actor who goes, I'm writing this, right? You complain, killing them off. You complain, killing them off. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, <laughs> yeah. it needs someone that says, no, no, this is my story. This is what I do. It's like Conan Doyle would never have listened to anyone else telling him what he wants them to do. It took him how many years to come back after he decided to kill Sherlock Holmes off? And he basically come back because I think I read somewhere, his mother said to him, you know, you're a rich man, but what the Americans are going to pay you if you bring this back. <laughs> yes, you know, quite. You're not going to be a rich man. You're going to be one of the richest men. And he went, all right, mum, when I start to run down a little bit of money and I want to buy a new stately home, I'll write a new story. And, you know, but he stuck to his guns. He wrote Sherlock and he did Sherlock in the way he wanted to do. And that's the difference. I think when they started doing Sherlock and Doctor Who, but when they started doing it, they had that buzz of these are the stories in our head. And now they've allowed popular culture to influence the stories and the way they write and the way they're being allowed to act, etc. And I, I think that's what's killing it. I think they need a bit more balls like the guy from Game of Thrones to say, no, we're doing it this way. We're, 
we're doing what we think. And when you've seen the end, the conclusion, you'll know we were right. I'm pretty sure that didn't happen with the original Doctor Who. It wasn't really pulled in one direction or the other. It was no, just but the people original wrote. series, when they brought it back, they had an idea. I remember when Eccleston only did the one series and they were really, really angry because they said, oh, we've got these great plans. And then, it was it Tenant? Was it Tenant? Yeah, it was Tenant next, yeah. They had to, because the first series of Tenant was Tenant catching up the things that they'd written for the character that was previous to him, you yeah, know? Yeah. And then they got into, which is the same thing. They've got the same problem at the moment, haven't they? They're still trying to finish and off the Matt Smith era. But, you know, it's a shame because I, I think Sherlock, I know why they've done this because as a one-off, it's a perfect excuse to be able to do all the things you ever wanted to do. Right. The old time Sherlock, but I've got a sickening feeling. It's going to be more, the versions that you like. Yeah. Well, I don't think that, I don't think there's much wrong with those personally, because I think they're reasonably well. They're fun. fun. Fine. And (laughs) funny enough, there's a lot of, uh, sort of Sherlock Holmes cameo roles. They're almost not Holmes like, and they're fun and they're silly. I was watching some of the, um, Ronald Phillips stuff, which was 1950s Sherlock. And he did, other than um, the ones that were on ITV, I think he did the most. You know, he did, he did sort of 40-odd or something, half-hour programs. Yeah, but they weren't original stories. They were written, for, you know, new stories. But other than him, and that was quite... Camp is the wrong word, but you know what I mean. It, it, it was very almost tongue-in-cheek, but without being a comedy. That's the trouble. This... The Sherlock Holmes for Victorian has to be... I've seen some of the throwaway lines. I've seen the, no one created me, I am sure. I've said, no, Jeremy Brett, what was right about Jeremy Brett? He played it the way it was. It was hard, it was quite horrible, and he wasn't very nice. He wasn't, no. No, he didn't deliver. He liked liked Watson, but Mm. he couldn't tolerate him. Yeah. And it was just... Didn't give sure. lines like, uh, oh, what about the dog one? I'm hardly in that. Or something like that, whatever he says. Exactly. I mean, it, it's like a light-hearted comedy that they've thrown Sherlock in. Yeah. And I don't mind when they do that in modern era because it's it's a, you know, it's a it's a level away from Conan Doyle. That's okay. But if you're going to go back and you're going to look like you I mean, might as well be playing Chaplin like Downey Jr. does, it's like, no, that's an adulteration. That's a bastardization of the original. Doing something different is okay. I tell you what, if you want a funny Sherlock Holmes, just watch Without a Clue. I watched it quite recently. It's, it is very funny. It's fantastic. That's different, it's meant to be. Like I, don't, I still don't know. You can you can see a bit of almost a little bit of sniggering between Ben Kingsley and um, Michael Caine. You let me suffer every time um, I'm just watching you. <laughs> yeah, between between Ben Kingsley and Michael Caine, when Ben Kingsley said, "Is this the same the same deductive powers that uh, that said that the late Colonel Howard was bludgeoned to death by a blunt excrement?" <laughs> and you can see a little twinkle. <laughs> it's almost as good as Sherlock Holmes's smarter younger brother. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to shut up now about Sherlock. It's, it's all good. The rest of this stuff doesn't particularly excite me i mean there's downton abbey i haven't really been following that um david this is the last one isn't it yeah david attenborough's great barrier reef that's that, that should be good that will almost certainly be interesting and entertaining i do um, like call the midwife and also call the midwife 
I do like it. It's a, it's a far better program than most men realise. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. it's because it's got the word midwife. You go, well, I'm not watching it. It's yeah. for girls. Yeah. Number 15 I'm looking oh, for. I was going to say, yes, gloss over Peter K. 20 years of funny because it's not particularly oh, no, I'm sure. I'm sure some people enjoy him. <laughs> sure it's their prerogative. Great British but history. It's great history quiz. Great history. It's interesting because history, it, it did become fashionable when you had Simon Sharma and the guy that did the monarchy, or I can't remember his name now. Anyway, I won't be rude about him, but it became fashionable and then it became sexy. Now you've either got to be a young, good-looking man or a very sexy. I didn't know there were so many beautiful women with the title Doctor of History that all seem to work at Hampton Court Palace. But, (laughs) you know, history has become... And what I like about history now... It's not just history as in, oh, you know, there's the Amada. I mean, that was great. I enjoyed the Amada series. Brilliant. But it'll be, I was watching something that I had uh, by Lucy Worsley the other day, which was a very British murder. And it's like the history of murder and murder fiction and how, as a nation, we became fascinated by the Mm. horror of murder in, in the newspapers. And, you know, it actually became a... You know, it actually became a thing other than just a crime. People started writing stories and people got excited about the idea of murder mysteries and, and you know, murder stories and Holmesian and that sort of thing. And, you know, that's what it's moved to. It's moved It's moved to history not being that... I mean, I remember when I was, I was at school, you learned dates, you were shouted at a lot, and it was the guy with just slightly worse halitosis and bigger, <laughs> long, longer hair than the geography teacher. That's what history was, and it put you off. And I'll tell you what, I loved history back then, but now, you know, if my history teachers were one as good-looking and two as interesting as these guys, I would have been a history professor, and I would have loved to stayed in academia for the rest of my life trying to, you know, find some clue to something that nobody else even cared about. But, you know, I reckon the great history quiz, I reckon it could be good, it could be fun. Is it, Tony, you've been dropping in and out because of the uh, connection problems. Uh, is there anything in this list that particularly... Um particularly um, takes your I fancy. Mean, I think we've covered it. You know, it's, it's like it really was the Sherlock. You know, I mentioned, you know, I moved it on to the, uh, the Wendy Peter mm, mm. thing, you know, because like I say, I still think Hook is the best take on that story so far, but, you know, Robin Williams, you know, you can't really <laughs> argue with his performance in that, but, you know. Mm, mm. Well, Did you know Yes. Sorry. No, I didn't. Did you know that Robin Williams only got paid $200,000 for, I think it was Aladdin? <laughs> and Disney made so much money out of it, they bought a Picasso and gave it to him as a present. Did not know that. No? That's weird. There you go. Disney That's one bought of those... someone a present. Yeah, you go. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll move on to Disney in a bit. Um, <clears throat> but uh, let's get on to what we've been uh, watching, reading, listening to, or playing this week. Mr. Tone. You you will start with your your, yes, your single I, I, entry actually. I say I have the shortest indeed list because this week has been rather busy with work and therefore I've not had um, much chance to do much else other than listen to a lot of music, um, ah. which brings me to my choice. Funnily enough, um, because Spotify are now doing on their website um, they're showing you if you log in with your details your year in music. Oh, that's uh, so it's showing you things like, I mean, the first thing it comes up with, oh, it starts playing whatever the first track you played this year was. 
<laughs> Can you have a guess what mine was? It was uh, Florence it must and have, Machine. Must have been Florence and the Machine. Oh God, yes, yes. It was uh, Dog Days Are Over. Yes. Well, if it was, if it had been ABBA, then you probably would have had to lie about it. Yeah. Although Timmy Mallet. Although here's the surprising thing: it also shows you top artist, top album, top track. Mm. And Florence and the Machines. Florence. No, and the Machines, Florence. she was number two. Don't don't you feel dirty now? I know. Don't you I feel know, a bit guilty, like you've cheated on it? <laughs> yeah. I know. The top one was uh, it was Nick Helm because I got the music from Uncle. <laughs> and for so I think because there's such short songs on that, you know, you can whip through them, can't you? And therefore end up with many more plays. I just it's just something I listen to if I want to laugh <laughs> yeah. or feel a bit more cheery. Um, so you've had a relatively miserable year. Is that what you're Aww. trying to tell us? <laughs> Quite you possibly. a lot of cheering up. Yeah. But well, I, I think because I was playing them when, yeah, when the series was still airing as well, series two of Uncle, you know. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a nice little website. Sadly, it only seems to work in, it doesn't work in Firefox. I was quite disappointed Does at that. But <laughs> no, I, I had to resort to, uh, well, Microsoft Edge, which is massive improvement on Internet Explorer, but still not ideal <laughs> still no guarantee of quality so. I, I turned on the mac the other day it was on osx 9 right? and it had internet explorer oh, 4 for no. mac on it oh, oh dear. it was fantastically bad oh, oh i bet it was i bet even safari back then was um i remember yeah. using that at, at college when we all thought oh wow we've got we can get internet explorer on the mac it's rubbish right we yeah, go back to terrible. safari yeah. yeah, but yeah, it was a yeah. This was a an entourage, which, which is which oh, is was a hassle to get onto it in a way because you know preferred browser is Firefox. Uh, it was rather interesting to have a look at it. You know, it's like yep, yep, top album, top the track you've played most over the year. Um, also, the total time you spent listening. Oh, that's <laughs> not a good one, is it? Mine was. Uh, I mean, somebody on Facebook posted, "Oh, thirteen days I spent." Yikes. Um, I put, well, I'm kind of over double that. <laughs> you, you did 13 days in one week. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, 40 days over the year, apparently. Oh, <laughs> you know, if you listen to it when you work, and even if you only listen yes. to it for five hours a day or whatever, when you're yeah. working. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, yeah, that probably will be when I've been working night shifts and things like that will have boosted that. Um, and then it also shows you how many different artists and tracks. And I was quite impressed with that because it was over, well over a thousand different artists and about 4,000 different tracks. Is that what um, you and then it, then, then it goes into it's like stories from the year. I don't know, don't quite know where it went from that, but it was an interesting little look at, you know, what you stream through Spotify. My kids use my Spotify account, so I wouldn't recognize a single song on it. <laughs> Yeah, your number one is, um, yeah. Skrillex. <laughs> or do your kids listen to proper music? Like it's uh, progressive rock and heavy. Well, it's not heavy metal. It's something else that I'm don't, I don't get right because I get told off because it's not called that. Speed Garage. Uh, as long as it's not Bieber, it doesn't matter. <laughs> i put it this way. If I get in my car and they've had, like, they've been with a wife in the car and they've had their choice of music, I can last about six or seven seconds before I try and throw myself out the window. Well, that long? Oh, it, I, I don't know what it is. It's a noise. It's really quite funny when you get 12-year-olds going, Dad, you're allowed your opinion, but it's just wrong. 
like Father Lights. Isn't it usually the way around? You're telling them that. Yeah, Dad, Dad, you, I know you like your funny music, your funny old people's music, but this is what us real kids listen to. Oh, dear. Well, let's um, let's move on to uh, Alex, your list, sir. Okay, I, I'll rush through. I'll put down a few things, but a couple of them I just wanted to mention. See you did, yeah. uh, I finished watching Jessica Jones, and I'm really, really glad I did. Uh, I, I got stuck on episode one, and then I sort of got to about episode four, and I thought, eh, it's dropping off a bit and sort of five and six I mean they're probably right I'm only giving a rough whatever and then it just sort of kicked off and then it properly kicked off and I was beginning to think oh look, this is getting a bit silly how many times can you have someone and still not manage to deal with them right and but by the end of it I'm going yes okay you win you the win. payoff was there yeah alright and the girl from the other series and I see the link to the other series and she goes I've got a friend that might be able to help you he does similar stuff to you and I was like, oh, right, you've got me now. You've got line and sinker. I haven't there's only finished other it ones. <laughs> oh, well, I won't spoil <laughs> it, but there's only other ones. And I'm like, oh, man. I, I still think my favourite line, though, is from quite one of the early ones, get out of my way, you stupid sandwich. Oh, yeah. That just made me laugh so hard. Because, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. yeah. I, won't, I won't actually provide any context for that. Just watch it and you'll understand. But she's becoming, as it went through, her... <laughs> The trouble is with a lot of these things, they give someone like a superpower or whatever. And they forget about them as a person. They're just a superpower. But the whole way through this series, she was always really flawed. But as it went through, you started to see why she was flawed and you actually started to feel sorry for her. And then you started to see her as somebody that was just actually really affected but couldn't cope with being affected. So just became hard and cold and what have you. And as it went on, you said, actually, no, no, I can see why you're like that. And then it was, I can see that you actually underneath that, you're a really decent human being and you're trying to be, and it was just like, Oh, well, this has got a lot more levels to it than mm-hmm. I actually thought. And, um, yeah, anyway, so I, anyone that hasn't seen it, watch it. Yeah. Not with your kids in the room. Absolutely. And, not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you haven't seen the last few, it gets worse. And um, <laughs> if you have got a bit way through and got bored, make the effort to go back to it because of take at the end, by the end of it, you're like, you know what? That was really worth it. And then when I finished it, I was at that point, I went, oh, damn it. There's, there's only 13 of them. <laughs> and I was thinking, I've just wasted, not wasted, but I've just spent 13 hours watching this. I don't think that, <laughs> that feeling has ever been quite as strong as when I got to the end of Bosch Series 1. Oh, that's so! Oh, I can't wait for series. And then, and then how? And then, um, uh, man in the high castle as well. I kind of think. Yeah, you really. Oh no! <laughs> this is the last episode. Damn it! <laughs> it's funny because I was like quite like that with um, uh, Firefly when I finally got to the, when I got to the end. That really is the end. But the thing is, I was okay with that because of yeah. the type of program it was. I could just go back to the beginning. Yeah. Did yeah. It, but but then did you move straight on to the film as well? You know? Yeah, yeah. I watched the films. Yeah. And, um, yeah, anyway, it's all good stuff. Right, anyway, so Jessica Jones, definitely worth watching. Um, I, I I didn't mean to watch it, but I clicked <laughs> the wrong button on Amazon Prime. <laughs> and I thought, I'll, uh, I'll watch a bit of it. And then I watched it. it. It was, if you're in a Back to the Future, there's a few of these specials, and this one was called Back to the Present. And, and it was just about the predictions they made in Back to the Future and has any of them come true and blah, blah, blah. And it was a bit of a tenuous attempt 
to make a program about it. There's um, been lots of tension. It wasn't the attempts. Keith Lemon thing, was it? Oh no, 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 God! Oh, thank. I couldn't. For that. I, you know, my, when, when think, you said you I didn't need to gouge, watch it, gouge my eyes out and poke my put hot pokers in my ears if it was. But no, I didn't. No, it had it had like proper people in it. It had like Doc Brown in it, and you know it had the people in it. Yeah. But um, yeah, look, if you're into Back to the Future and you got an hour, I don't even know if it was an hour. You got an hour to spend, and you haven't got anything better to do. You know, you don't need to clip your toenails or anything. This is slightly more interesting. Um, okay, now what's this this morning? Because uh, funnily enough, I wanted to see if the iPlayer app on the app on the i um, the Apple TV was working, and I went to um, I don't know, I went to documentaries or something, and there was a Horizon that I'd heard of and not watched, which is the Tim Peake special, How to Be an Astronaut. Now Tim Peake, sometime probably early hours in this morning, is being fired up to the uh, International Space Station. He's our super super British astronaut. Now, I watched this, and I thought, yeah, he's a nice bloke, he's a cool dude. By the time I watched this, I'm like, oh, man, can he adopt me? He's <laughs> so <laughs> nice, right? Yeah. And um, he really reminds me of Gazmaz, right? He looks like him, he talks like him, he's got the same sort of attitude and like pleasant attitude to life as him. And uh, I just thought, oh, he's such a lovely fella. And I'm actually sitting here, like, this evening, I saw something pop up on, you know, saying the rocket was almost ready and this and the other. And I'm like getting all, oh, I'm getting all nervous for him. <laughs> oh, you know, and I'm like, I just, oh, stop it, stop it. All these things go up all the time. It will be fine. And I'm like an expectant father. It's really weird. Anyway, <laughs> that's a really nice little uh, horizon. Tim Peake special, How to Be an Astronaut. you got to watch it. He's a great guy. And he's a, it's really, it's really nice because he basically carried a camera and took a crew with him for the last year of his training. Mm. And it's like loads of stuff that go on. Do you think? That, yeah. that, might, that might explain why I've seen a few things, especially on the uh, Royal Institutions on YouTube, where they've had Helen Sharman involved, you because know, she was like yeah, yeah. the first British yeah, astronaut. That's probably she, a leader to the. She, she was on the shuttle, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just slightly more unpleasant going up on the Soyuz, yeah. but you know, you're basically <laughs> yeah. stuck, strapped to a 1950s missile, aren't you? And they just fire mm. you with the rough direction and go, yeah, when you get there, it's left a bit. Um, but uh, yeah, that was really nice. Um, what else have I got to mention in any in depth? Yeah, Secrets of the Mona Lisa on iPlayer. Um, I watched this and I really like it because I, I got a load of um, art world academics getting really really annoyed about this. So nothing, uh, nothing gives me more pleasure than watching these <laughs> so people. Say nothing gives you more pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> watching these people that I've known for years running around in circles trying nice. to disprove things. What it is, is somebody's come up with some new techniques and a bit more evidence and a bit more this and a bit more that regarding the Mona Lisa, right? Now, the Mona Lisa, it's always been recognised that there was probably more than one because Da Vinci always did more than one version of any painting. And there was other paintings that were referenced, but none of it makes sense. No one knew where that was, and that person never got it delivered, And because Da Vinci never delivered anything. He never finished anything, right? And anyway, so this guy's got new photographic techniques, and he's photographed it, and he's scanned it, and he's done very things. And it's basically gone to the art world, up yours, right? Everything you said has been wrong for the last 500 years. And, of course, they're all squirming around, and it's brilliant, and it's funny. And and every time I see one of them, I go, oh, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> and I laugh a lot. It was almost as good as when Tim's veneer came out, and they all got their knickers in a twist about that <laughs> as well. But um, 
I'm never going to work again, am I? But um, it was good fun. I liked it. I, you know, I don't know if the science is right or wrong. I don't know what he says is right or wrong. But it's like anything. If you want to move forward a story, somebody's got to take a different approach and come up with some different answers. Otherwise, you know, if you talk about anything academic, whether it be historical, medical, scientific, doesn't matter. As long as, as soon as somebody says, yes, this is the final fact and it's right, you know they're wrong. Because as soon as somebody says, yeah, no, this is it, it cannot be anything else. Yeah, okay, well, we used to live on a flat earth, you know, and the earth used to, you know, the sun used to go around the earth. And they believe that, and they, there's, you know, so they were blue in the face, and no one would dare argue with it, yeah? So um, this was good. If you've got any interest in science, photography, art, or just having a laugh at rich people, <laughs> the secrets of the Mona Lisa on the iPlayer. I really enjoyed it. it was, now, well, the secret is it was actually printed on a 1990s bubble jet printer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, last and by no means whatsoever, all least, I watched still Alice. I've had very good things about this. Now, I was thinking of buying it because of one of the Mac and Forth group every week, and I'm sorry I can't remember his name, but every week he puts in a, you know, what the specials are on iTunes. And I wanted to watch this, and he put on the specials on iTunes, and I thought, oh, it's, that's actually quite a good price to buy it. And I was going to do it later on, and I typed in Still Alice into my computer to go to iTunes, and it was on Netflix. So I thought, oh, fair enough. I won't bother buying it then. I'll just watch it. Now, when this came out, it was, it, it didn't really do anything in it in England. And when it came out, I was like, I can't remember what it went up against, but it was in the Oscars and it did really, really, really well. And it was up against something I really liked. It might have been one of the, um, you know, either, um, oh dear, one of the two British films, one with a camera batch in it about um, the Enigma oh, yeah. and the, yeah. the other one with um, Stephen Hawking yes. film. And it might have been against them, and I remember being slightly, oh, this is American film. Why is this winning stuff? It's, <laughs> how dare it win anything against our British people? Anyway, but I was always intrigued by it because, of, again, it's got one of yours and my favourites, Julianne Moore, in it. And uh, Alec Baldwin, I always liked Alec Baldwin. He's actually sort of one of the balding boys that can act rather than just look pretty. And I always wanted to know what Kristen, oh, yeah, it's Kristen Stewart, acted like, because I saw her, I never saw her, but she did all those, oh, I don't know what they were called, um, Twilight things, is it? She oh, did yeah. all the ones yeah. that the kids liked, and then, so I never saw any of those. But she seemed to be really interesting because she kept getting in trouble in her social life, and I thought, yeah, it's a proper girl. <laughs> right? What's she like? So anyway, I, I watched this film. Now, on the oh, on the surface, I'll just read it again, right? It's always simpler. A linguistics professor and a family find their bonds tested when she's diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. Now she's she's just turned 50, and um, she's starting to forget a few things, so she goes to the doctor not thinking anything. But, you know, one in every very, very, very few cases can de- develop very early onset Alzheimer's, and... It's a certain type of Alzheimer's, which is very, very, very progressive and very harsh and can do a lot of damage very, very quickly. Um, and, of course, being a linguistics professor, being able to speak and understand words and talking and everything is, you know, massively, massively important. And it's just... So I was trying to think about how to sum it up, and it's really hard to sum up something which is so sad 
and absolutely beautifully acted. But it's so sad, but also unbelievably beautiful at the same time. And I've never, it's really, really hard to equate the two things because of, I, you know, I don't know, maybe it's an age thing that, in a funny word, sadness and misery can be beautiful. And yeah, it, I, I know why it won all the awards. It's, um, I don't think I'd ever watch it. Well, no, I will watch it again one day. But everybody I spoke to subsequently that I know has Netflix, I've said, you know what, if you get some time, watch this movie. Oh, is it good? Yeah, <laughs> it's good. But, you know, it's one of those, it's, uh, am I going to enjoy it? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you're going to enjoy yeah. it. But it, it's so beautifully and brilliantly acted. So there you go. That's That's all I can say about it. Still Alice on Netflix, superbly acted, superbly and beautifully sad. Yeah, excellent stuff. I was thinking of, um, I was thinking of taking a look at that actually because I have heard a lot of good things about it. But uh, yeah, this 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 weekend, I, uh, I I I seem to be going for um, films that, uh, that 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 are doing the rounds on the streaming services. One of those films was uh, Saving Mr. Banks, which is the uh, the story of uh, P.L. Travers basically getting her way about uh, about how Mary Poppins was um, delivered by uh, by Disney. Uh, the uh, uh, blurb says, Spurred on by a promise he made to his daughters, Walt Disney, brackets Tom Hanks, embarks on what would become a 20-year quest to obtain the movie rights to Mary Poppins. Now, uh, yeah, Tom Hanks as Walt Disney, Emma Thompson as P.L. Travers, and uh, Colin Farrell as, uh, as um, um, P.L. Travers' um, father. And uh, he's, he's actually one of the standout... Um, parts in this he's very good uh, they're all very good really um, emma thompson provides a very good um uh turn as uh, as pl travers and uh, tom hanks he seems to be able to do anything he's annoying really because he um, you kind of you kind of like him as anything that he plays really yeah but you also like him as well i think that's just yeah. equally as annoying there's nothing you could say about him that isn't incredibly pleasant and likable yeah well i've seen him interviewed quite a few times he just seems like a fairly Fairly nice it's a bloke. Nice bloke. <laughs> yeah, well, he's been married. Well, he's been married to the same woman for God knows how many years. So that's a good sign. Yeah, um, he loves his kids. Probably yeah. looked after his mum and everything. Indeed, you know? indeed. So after uh, after saving Mister Banks, I decided to. Uh, I I suddenly realised that Gravity was on um, was on Amazon Prime streaming. So I decided to watch that and uh, remembered how how absolutely fantastic it was. Supremely, yeah. Uh, Supremely now you saw it first special. in the cinema, didn't I you? I certainly did, and I saw it in three D. One, okay, of, how did it stand up? One of the few films I can actually recommend if it ever comes back to the cinema, see it in three D. It stands up if you've got a good sound system and you can crank it up a bit. It does work um, because I mean, it's, it's it's just as it's just as exciting. Um, but yeah, on the, the on the big screen, it was it was quite a, quite an amazing thing. Um, now, from Gravity, I kind of thought after Gravity, I thought, do you know, I find another one. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen Apollo thirteen in years. Oh look, I hope Tim Peake hasn't watched it recently. Who? Tim, Tim Peake. Pe- yeah, yeah, yeah quite. <laughs> yeah, that would be oh dear. Or Gravity, for that matter of fact. Yeah, either one. Either one. So, um, so uh, saving saving Mister Banks. So. Um, uh, these these films are linked in quite a strange way um, because uh, Tom Hanks was in Apollo 13 
also in Apollo 13 was uh, I'm going to cut Come this Gary, I'm gonna, Gary Sinise I'm going to cut this out hang on the guy from uh, Thingy uh, <laughs> uh, oh god what's it called yeah yeah no, 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 I'm thinking Ed Harris. Oh, also in um, so right, let's run that back a second. So, in saving, <laughs> in saving Mr. Banks, um, was uh, sorry, Alex. What you? What's the matter? I was trying to say the bloke that was the captain with no legs in. Oh, Gary Sinise. Um, um, was um, the uh, was, Forrest Gump? Yeah, in Forrest Gump, wasn't yeah. he also in yes, Apollo thirteen? Apollo 13. Wasn't Apollo thirteen? Yeah. So I think th- I did really well remembering that. Indeed, indeed. Yes, yes. So, in Saving Mr. Banks was Tom Hanks, and in Apollo 13, Tom Hanks starred next to Ed Harris. But I don't think they were ever in the same scene together, <laughs> strangely enough. And also, Ed Harris, or the voice of Ed Harris, is in Gravity. So, that's one of the, that's just little, a strange little link. Um, so yes, I decided to uh, buy Apollo 13 for £7.99 for the HD version on Amazon. And uh, surprisingly, watching um, a modern you know, sp- space flick uh, like Gravity, you put it up against Apollo 13, and Apollo 13 stands up quite oh, well. Yes. Oh it yes. It really does, especially the whole... Uh, <laughs> The whole I mean, launch, the whole launch sequence with, uh, you know, yeah. with the, with um, the fantastic um, soundtrack by, yeah. um, oh god, <laughs> I'm as bad as you, Alex. No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, because he died recently. James Horner, it's James Horner's um, soundtrack mm. that he did, and uh, uh, just, and, just the, the, and the zero G film uh, scenes actually filmed yeah. in the the in plane the vom- in, in the, the vomit, vomit comet. comet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's I mean because the thing is I saw I saw Gravity at the cinema was very impressed. And I actually saw Apollo 13 at the cinema when it came out. And it really does stand really does stand the test of time that film especially. Oh, yeah. That shows you again I don't know how many how, billions how of times good. I can go about you write a good story, you get a good actor, you don't need massive cast. No. I mean Gravity, I know they did the really really clever bit about you know spinning around and all that bit when the machine was out of control and yeah that was you know that was good but mm. it was the psychological side it was the acting side you know how many people were in gravity about three two well two one of them wasn't in it for long and you had a voice two well you know? the second the third one was ed harris it was yeah, it was, he was Sandra, just Sandra Bullock, george clooney in the voice of ed harris <laughs> yeah, exactly and not, and not even orville the duck no but, it worked for Moon as well with... Um, Apollo. Apollo was the same. I mean, yeah. that was the bit at the beginning before they went. But the middle part of the film is a few people stuck in a sardine can. Yeah. Yeah. And you really, really, really felt the... Oh, you, you knew they got back, right? It wasn't like Titanic. You knew it would sink and whatever. Yeah. You knew and you, the... Uh, it, you were. There was anxiety and you were on the edge of your seat and you were biting your fingernails and you knew exactly what was going to happen and you were still drawn in as if you were sitting there listening to the radio all those years ago, not knowing what's going to happen. But no Are matter, they going to suffocate, you know? No matter how many times I watch it, I'm always kind of almost holding my breath at that point where they go through the communication blackout yes. just before they uh you know just before it comes through the clouds that shows the, you how well it was done it's it? very yeah. yes yeah although, yeah although i would say avoid the 12 before it 
<laughs> Sorry, yeah. I had to be done. Oh dear, it it, it actually reminded me of um, a certain at school we watched a couple of films like this, and this one this one was one that actually surprised me quite a lot because I watched it, and of course I'd seen it a few times before. You know, I had it on I had it on VHS at the time, and uh, a, a number of kids at the same school, you know, in my year at school, hadn't seen it. And they thought it was tremendously boring and one of the worst films I'd ever seen. Of course, at the time, I thought it was one of the best I'd ever seen. And I still... I think it's one of those you need to absorb yourself in it to yeah. appreciate. But it's... Otherwise, you're watching a load of people in a tin can. Well, but it's it's so much... Yeah, I, I guess. I guess. But I, I still think one of the best... One of the best bits in it is where um, Tom Hanks can't quite figure out his mathematics. And... Uh, and suddenly that they, they all they all get out the slide rules and because the, yeah, there's no calculators or anything like that. But uh, no, it's a it's a great film, absolutely superb, and it holds up against the likes of Gravity and uh, and even Interstellar. Really, I mean Interstellar is slightly more science fiction, but Gravity certainly to watch Inter- Gravity and then Apollo thirteen was more like two thousand and one than it didn't work. But then again, nor did two thousand and one. So. I still, I still think Interstellar is a really good, really good film. Well, you're obviously more mindful than I am. Possibly, possibly. Yeah. Well, the th- I'll pro- I wasn't going to mention it, but I will mention it because it is an important film. Um, I watched uh, a film that came up on Amazon, and it, and it's it's just because it had Martin Freeman and um, Anthony LaPaglia in it. It was the Eichmann Show, uh, basically the basically the the story of. Um, of the uh, uh, it's, it's a dramatization of the team hoping to televise the trial of Adolf Eichmann uh, who's an you know an infamous yeah. Nazi responsible for the death of millions of Jews I think it's a very important film it tells a, a very very powerful story and um, and everyone in it is is thoroughly good if you are at all interested in that part of history then please watch it just looking at the people who are in it right yeah well, I don't know if it's a con- um, a coincidence hmm but most of them have Jewish surnames. <laughs> I was going to say yes, <laughs> they do. Yeah, that's that could that could well be a thing. And uh, what a funny a standout standout role for me was Re- Rebecca Front. Thought she was yeah. I, I think she's so underrated. She Rebecca is very Front. underrated, especially after seeing her in this. No, I mean, I, you know, she's a local girl, and you know, friends of friends because uh, yeah. she's you know basically went to school with people that were a couple of years older than me. Um, but she went to the all-girls school, so I didn't go with her. No. But, you know, she, she's got like a popularity around here, not because she's acting, because of, oh, that's Rebecca. Mm. And he's like, it's really <laughs> sweet. And every time you see her on telly, it's like someone goes, oh, oh tell, her, tell her auntie she's on. Go and tell her auntie she's on. It's quite sweet. <laughs> but, you know, she's always done. I mean, but then she did really silly things. Didn't she do that thing with Alan Partridge and all that? Mm. And I don't think it ever did her stuff. any good. And I mean, I think she's... She's a brilliant comedy actress, but she's also a really good straight actress. But the best comedy at, at, um, actors and actresses uh, often make very good, uh, very good, serious role yeah. actors. That's exactly what she did in the thick of it, wasn't it? She was kind of playing the mm. <laughs> completely straight character versus Peter Capaldi being this lunatic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, she's a fine... But yeah, again, it's a... It's a I, I quite I like again. It's one of those words you don't want to use, but I like it when people take on. You know, it was really, really easy. You know, do something about Ackman, right? Mm. You, you can do it in any way. You can go on about the Eurobird trials. You can do whatever you want. You can do it that way. But 
the way they approached it in this was really, it's actually coming to it from a very different angle. And it also forces people to understand the story yeah, or understand the facts. But if you said, oh, we're doing this thing about Eichmann, and then, you know, they'd just be turned off. And it was like, you're Apollo. Well, it's a bit boring. They're just, you know, they're in a, where's the guns, you know? Mm. But in this, it, it, it's a, it's a really interesting twist on on the the importance of the story, and it's a really interesting point of the media as well, and how the media were allowed, and how they were how they did portray it. Mm. Because you know, mm. there's a lot of people that they, I mean, you didn't really need to sensationalise it, but there was a lot of people at the time that wanted to turn it into a, a circus rather than a court case. I mean, just basically what this is all about. But yeah, no, I, again, I, that's a good choice, and I'm glad you did mention it. Mm. I mean, it's not your easy Christmas listening. It is absolutely not. No, it's a very difficult, uh, very difficult thing to watch. It's also, it's far more important, is it? Yes, yes it is. I think it should be... History doesn't disappear because it's a nice, jolly time of year. It's one of those things I think everyone should watch because because the information contained therein is very important. Yeah, but you get the information without necessarily going out to get the information. That's what I quite like about it. yeah. Yeah, and I really like though. I rewatched the King's speech the other day, oh. again by by default, and it was I enjoyed it the first time round, but didn't think an awful lot of it. And this time round, I actually got a bit of a lump in my throat because I sort of concentrated a little bit more, mm. and I was just like, "Yeah, here you go." He actually humanised the monarchy. Fair enough, only humanised one of them because it actually demonised the rest of them to make him look more human. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Trade-off. Yeah. Yeah. I think that must have been on Amazon, Netflix, or one of those, because it must have been, yet again, I couldn't be bothered to press the right button. And um, that was quite good. <laughs> so if you haven't seen King's Speech for a little while, just as an antidote to all the misery that I've said, yeah. and, uh, and you topped up just for the sheer joy of ruining everyone's Christmas. I was going to say, yeah, don't watch that at Christmas, for God's sake. It's no, but watch The King's Speech, because that's yeah. actually quite... That'd be an, if you don't want to watch Doctor Who and you want something that's quite uplifting, mm. yeah, go on. Because at the end of that, I was like, yeah, well, well, well done, son. Well done. Mm. Yeah. Well done. Stammer, yeah. stammer. Yeah. Uh, or, if you really want a good laugh, just watch Minions. You know what? I still haven't watched it. <laughs> you ought to, because it's brilliant. Yeah. See the effect you the effect you're on about there is sort of uplifting, you know, especially at the end. It's like I always had that effect from Cool Runnings as well. Yeah, I know it's more of a summer, even though it's set at the Winter Olympics. It yeah. feels like more of a summer yeah. film, but you know, yeah, yeah. It's like well, nice... I like that because it was based on a real story. Yeah. Mm. Well, all the best ones are. Yeah, Interstellar, for instance, based on a true story. Not many yeah, people know that. <laughs> I was just about to say, yeah, you, you had one Muppet, filming your... Yeah. Yeah. The Muppet Christmas movie, yeah. same thing. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we could run off a list of... We could, we could, we could really yeah. offend... Blade Runner, God. But yeah, Blade Runner, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Turns out, androids do dream of electric sheep. Yeah. Oh, right. That, I believe... Go on, you, go, on go on, go on. I know you're desperate to say it. That's a show. Hey! Tone's little spinner is still spinning because he's been trying to re-engage his video for the last 10 minutes. I quite like the way it sort of does that loopy thing, catches up on itself and stops again. It's far more interesting. It's the Windows Windows general loading thing. They've had that since Silverlight, I think. It's better than the OS X Beach Ball. The Beach Ball generally means something's gone horribly wrong and you're going to have to wait. 
Yeah, but that is like, wee! At least the spinner means something is kind of trying to happen. It's yeah, like yeah. a Newton's cradle, isn't it? It's oh, do, do, oh yeah. no, wrong show. I, I should have got a fanboy alert for that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Fantastic. Right. And Linux doesn't have one because it never crashes. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Psst>. right. <laughs> Let's... Um, That'll do. Yeah, let's stop. Let's stop. Um, where, where can we get you, Russ? Where, where can we find? Where, where can we find you, Alex? Where? What's your stuff? How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? We're we'll yeah, starting not, again. Not, then. not too bad. Not too bad. I tell you, let's work from the end of the show back to the beginning again. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's the weather like? Um, very British life. There you go. And I remembered with one day left to go to pay for another three years of web domains. I know I never give you it, but I have had three months warning that all my web hosting packages were about to run oh, out. Dear. And today I went, oh, when was that? Oh, dear. <laughs> and it was midnight tonight, and I, I paid for it again about two o'clock this afternoon, so that was lucky. All my stuff auto-renews every month. Oh, no, it does, but I was going to move, and then I just thought, oh, you know what? Yeah. Let's see how much they'll beg me to stay. Indeed. Indeed. I, I'm wondering the same with my Apple Music subscription. That's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, I was going to mention, and I mentioned this online, but you know you need to cancel it yourself, as in stop the recurring payment. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've found the setting in the end. Oh, that, are you yeah. still on the trial tone? Yeah, yeah. The, the trial will carry on till mid-January, I think Amazing. it is. Amazing. Yeah. Tone still has an Apple Music subscription. Oh, I haven't. I, I do, because RDA yeah. went bust. Well, they didn't oh, go bust. Right they just, they just, yeah. they just blew yeah. up. Yeah, I've got, I've got to say, Spotify is still the preferred um, for me. Anyway. I use Spotify because I pay for it, but never get to use it. And I use what do I use? Amazon Music, Amazon okay. Streaming. It oh, does Amazon Music's brilliant. Absolutely everything I want, mm. and it doesn't yeah. cost me anything. Indeed. And as I'm already oh, is paying, it part for, you, is it part of your Prime? Yeah, mm. exactly. As long as you don't stop paying for the shipping. You've got you've got music, yeah. Uh, but but make it worth it by having something massive shipped to you. So it'd be a grand piano, free shipping, next day delivery. (laughs) It's Christmas. I've used enough free shipping in the last couple of weeks, and we'll do it next week to have paid the entire Amazon Prime back in two weeks. And now I get it for the rest of the year. I get free music, free movies, free. Kindle books, free this, free that, free the other. How do they make money? It's a no-brainer. It it really is. We ought to advertise for Amazon. Sort that out. Well, at the moment, they're doing my head in with another business venture I've got with them. So there's certain parts of their company, and I wouldn't be rude about it on here. I won't tell you what it is. But I tell you what, I might have to actually fly to Seattle and kick the damn door in and say, look, can you do this? It's been three (laughs) bloody months now. Excellent. Well, you coming know, to us. They phoned me to apologise. Like, it's go. the head office. Well, that's Sorry, Alex. Next. Hopefully, next week, coming to us from a a, a hotel in Seattle. Bunker. <laughs> a bunk. And uh, what's his name? Mr. Basos or whatever comes yeah. after. With no, the, bru- no, the be, bruised toe. He'll be coming to us from Dr. Fraser Crane's uh, studio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. indeed, indeed. <laughs> Tone, where can we find you in your business? Sir? <laughs> uh, on the Twitters. Tone7x20 for all the gubbins and that links to everything else. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Wouldn't it be nice to have the whole team back next week to 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 have a discussion about what we thought of 2015? 
we can. Well, only it would be, but yeah, it depends how Grumpy's doing. We can only hope. You can find me on Twitter at SF Drummer. That, as I said earlier, I shall say it again. That is all we have for this show. If you want to get in touch, drop us a line at airwavesshow at gmail.com or you can leave us a comment at the-airwaves.com or you can get us on Twitter at airwavescast or you can subscribe to this lovely show in iTunes or if Google Plus hasn't burnt down and all of its users flooded over to I don't know Ello or Facebook or something like that go to Google Plus click on the communities tab do a search for the airwaves and we will pop we will return next week with our 2015 review episode but until then Take care, everybody. Oh, good evening. Very yeah. sorry. I was just, bye it just bye. made me realise I had to check for where, yes, it was in Seattle. All right. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> I'm just checking, I've been dialing the right just, number. Just checking your jokes. Excellent. Yeah.